0: In our two most recent podcasts, we discussed the spiritual discipline of Bible intake. Bible intake is how we receive and hear the Word of God speaking to us. In this podcast, we will discuss the spiritual discipline of prayer. So if Bible intake, then, is how God speaks to us, prayer is how we speak to God. It is one of the ways that we respond to God's Word. God has spoken powerfully to us. And He is also powerfully listening to us when we pray to Him. As for the Bible intake, I want us to first look to the example of Jesus. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, He departed and went out to a desolate place, and there He prayed. Mark 14 verse 32 says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to His disciples, Sit here while I pray. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So Jesus sets an example for us in prayer. I mean, think about the fact that the Son of God himself prays to the Father. And of course, he did so as our example. But his prayer and his prayer life was more than just for us to see. Jesus needed to pray. Being fully human, Jesus didn't necessarily access all the divine attributes that he possessed as being God himself. If you remember with Bible intake, we discussed how Jesus learned and studied and memorized the scriptures just like any other human being, and that only on occasion would he have supernatural knowledge given to him through the Spirit. Likewise, he absolutely needed to pray as any other human needs to pray. It's a part of his humanity. He needed to pray for guidance, for understanding. For example, when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So he, he prays there to conform his human will to the will of the Father. So Jesus does pray as an example, and He is our example in prayer. But not only is He our example, He prayed out of a human need to depend on the Father and Spirit as He lived from day to day. And if Jesus prayed, if the Son of God Himself prayed, how much more do we need to pray? So Jesus sets an example for us in prayer, but also Jesus... Expects his followers to pray. He expects me and you today to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 says, This is Jesus speaking. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So notice that Jesus doesn't say there, if you pray, but rather, when you pray. He goes on to say about the Lord's Prayer, pray like this. Jesus expects us to pray. Also in Luke chapter 18, when he gives the parable of the persistent widow, Luke tells us that this parable was a way in which Jesus was teaching His disciples to pray and teaching them to pray consistently. Luke 18 verse 1, the way He starts it, He says, And He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So Jesus taught and exemplified prayer and, expect, and expects us to pray as well. The expectation and command for us to pray is not an arbitrary command, though. Rather, it is a command based out of God's love for us. I think about it in my own life. You know, If me and my wife are apart for any great amount of time, you know, for example, if I go to North Carolina for a weekend class, she's going to expect me to call her at several points throughout the weekend. As I'm driving, when I get there, when I get done with class for the day, when I'm even on break in between classes, when I get back in the hotel for the night... And that's not some kind of uh, clingy expectation. That is an expectation out of love, out of her love for me. She wants to communicate with me, and I want to communicate with her. So likewise, God wants us to communicate with Him, and He knows how much we need to communicate with Him. And so He commands us to pray, and to pray often. So Jesus has set the example of prayer And He has taught and expected us to pray. And now I want us to look at two practical reasons that we pray. Two things that happen when we pray. So first is is prayer teaches us to trust God. When we pray, we admit that we need God in our lives. And when we pray, we hand the burdens of our life over to God. Philippians chapter 4 verses 5 through 7 says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, prayer is how we fight anxiousness in our lives and anxiousness about the future. And the result of that prayer, as we read here in Philippians is the peace of God. So even if our prayers aren't answered how we would like them to be, by praying, we trust God's plan over our own. This is how Jesus prayed in the garden. He asked that the cup would pass from him, but ultimately he showed that he trusted the plan of God by saying and praying, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus prayed, but then he trusted God with what happened next. So the first reason that we should pray, or the first thing that prayer teaches us, is it teaches us to trust God. The second reason that we should pray is because prayer works. When Christians pray, things happen. Now, as Christians, we trust that God is absolutely sovereign over all things. Now, this is may cause us to doubt the efficiency of prayer because we then may be tempted to think, well, if God is in control of all things, why then would my prayer make a difference? But the truth that we have to see here is that God has chosen to work out his good plan through the use of ordinary means. He calls us to pray. See, God can work in any way that he chooses, but oftentimes, He is pleased to work through us, specifically our prayers. So God may choose to heal someone through the means of us praying for them. God may choose to comfort a family who has lost loved ones through our prayers. God may choose to soften someone's heart to the message of the gospel through us praying for them. And then through our speaking to them, He may choose to work the miracle of salvation through our words. So God does miraculous things. He does big things. He heals people. He comforts people, oftentimes through our prayers, through us bringing our request to Him in the name of Jesus. So we should pray because Jesus prayed, because He taught us and expected us to pray, because prayer teaches us to trust God, and because prayer works. Now I want to give you three prayer strategies to help you develop prayer as a spiritual discipline in your own life. We've covered the reasons behind praying, but now I want us to see how do we pray? How can we develop a, a, an efficient and devoted prayer life? And these strategies come from a professor at Southeastern Seminary named Chuck Lawless. He was my professor in the spiritual disciplines, and, and I found that a lot of these strategies very helpful, but I want to narrow these down to three if you're interested in the other strategies, I'd be glad to, uh, to point you to those. But first, the first strategy I think is most helpful is to develop a prayer calendar. That is to have set days of the week that you will pray for different things. For example, Monday can be the day that you pray for your family. And all day Monday, as you work or you drive or whatever you do, when you have time, you pray for your family. Then likewise, Tuesday could be the day that you pray for missions. All day Tuesday, you pray for missions. Wednesday, you can pray for your church and your prayer list. Thursday, you you can pray for the lost people that you might have influence over and ask God to help you reach them, and so on and so forth. This method gives you something to pray for each day. A second helpful method is called the Acts Method. A-C-T-S. That is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So when you pray with this method, you start the week on Monday, or you start your individual prayer uh, praising God for who He is and what He has done in your life, uh, for salvation, for His Word, whatever you are drawn to, to praise Him for or adore Him for. Then you confess your sins and you confess your need for Him in your own life. Then you express thanksgiving for all the ways that God has already blessed you. And then finally you come to Him in supplication and bring requests before Him. So that method then can be modified to a weekly method. You can take Monday, or whatever day you start with, and on that day you can pray for adoration. Then on the next day you can pray for confession. The next day you can pray uh, for thanksgiving. And the last day you can pray uh, with supplication. Giving you, again, each day something to pray for or uh, something in mind as you pray. So a third strategy then, this may be more of a tip, is to establish prayer triggers in your life. That means to set certain times that you will always pray or certain actions that will always trigger you to pray. For example, you could say, every time that I get in the car, I'm going to pray as I start my drive. Now you'll have to look at your own life and to figure out what times and what things in your life can best trigger you to pray. It may be after you drop your kids off to school. It may be as you drive to work. Whatever it is though, having specific prayer triggers that you discipline yourself to follow and say every time that thing happens, I'm going to pray, doing this will certainly help us to pray diligently and it reminds us to pray daily. So I hope that you will take these strategies and what we've studied from God's word in this podcast and use them to develop the spiritual discipline of prayer in your own life. You aren't going to become a prayer warrior overnight, but through discipline and the grace of God, we can learn to become more dependent on God through prayer and to begin to look more like Christ through prayer. Let me close with a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, I know of no better thermometer to your spiritual temperature than this, the measure of the intensity of your prayer. I'm not speaking about the quantity of it, for there are some who, for a pretense, make long prayers. I'm speaking about the reality of it, the intensity of it. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me again next week as we study the spiritual discipline of worship. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook, or check out our website, HendersonBaptist.org.